This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football Immediate College Football Playoff uh, Reaction Edition. Here with Mike Craven and Carter Yates, literally minutes after we get the results of who is going to be in the Texas or the college football playoff, and it is Texas. They'll be headed to, Carter has his mug, <laughs> they'll be headed to New Orleans to take on Washington. So before we get into the Big 12 title game and, you know, all the other results and that we had a head coaching hire, let's get this out, you know. Craven, you know, your first reactions of to the playoff field, um, obviously we can get to the controversial pick, uh, but Texas is in. Texas is three. They leapfrog from, was it, seven all year, and they're now – uh, them and Alabama become the first teams to be seventh and sixth, I believe, or seventh and eighth, and make the college football playoff field, I believe is what they said. No team has been lower than sixth heading into the final weekend, I believe, and made the field, and two of them did. So, Craven, your initial uh, reaction. I agree, but I'm not – I agree and I'm surprised, right? Like, right. I, I think that they did pick the four best teams in college football. I'm surprised because they never pick the four best teams in college football. They always pick sure. the four most deserving teams in college football. TCU, on paper, right, wasn't one of the four best teams in college football last year. Uh, they lost their Big 12 championship game. Cincinnati, as a G5 undefeated team, was not one of the best. And so they normally go with most deserving. And even without their quarterback, Florida State is absolutely one of the most deserving teams or one of the four most deserving teams. They're undefeated. They're a Power 5 champion. That's never happened before. This is this is a brand new thing. I do think it's another year where we woke up and we can all agree who the best four teams in college football are, at least on paper, and who we think that they are um but this is a year where four probably wasn't enough because of how it how it shook out and if you're a florida state fan if you're a florida state player um you have every right to be infuriated right now yeah i think that i saw, i was watching that acc game um last night and yes you could say that okay yeah this offense without jordan travis is not is not good but i was watching that defense and i saw a playoff caliber defense Right. Um, and oftentimes that's enough to give you a, a puncher's chance in a field of four uh, in two one off games. I thought that the committee kind of made the precedent in 2014 when they said that Cardale Jones for Ohio State, what didn't matter. Right. We're going to put Ohio State in. Um, I was I, the, the gutsy move would have been to let the SEC be on the outside looking in. You win a Power Five conference with an unbeaten record, you should be hit, and that's kind of my thought. But I agree that I think they got the four best teams right. I just do find it funny that uh, recently the idea of the four best teams came into play, right? Traditionally, it's been it's seemingly been, oh yeah, the idea is the four most deserving teams. But all of a sudden, when the idea of Bama getting left out. Uh, these other teams, like, oh, who jumps Bama, Florida State going to be? Like, all of a sudden, the idea of the four best teams came into discussion. I was like, I don't know if that's ever been the case. So, yeah, it is funny when that discussion kind of flips and becomes what they need to be convenient. Well, the discussion, too, is why do we play the games if we're going to leave Florida State out? And, Ish, when you bring up the Ohio State team with Cardale Jones – they got in the playoff with Cardell Jones because they put up a 70 bomb on Wisconsin. True. True. He yeah. played the games with Florida State, two games without Jordan Travis at quarterback, 
and they were anemic on offense. Sure. The defense was still great. Football is yeah. the ultimate team sport, but the quarterback position is the most important position in all sports. Mm-hmm. And when you lose a Heisman contender in Jordan Travis, you are not the same football team that went 13-0. and This yeah. Florida State team without Jordan Travis is a three, four loss team, and they're not in the playoff. And I totally agree with Florida State, every gripe they're going to make. I saw Mike Norvell last night pounding the table, and my heart really does go out to them. I think the committee made the decision that the fans like. I don't think they'll make the decision that people within college football might like. I love this decision by the committee. I think these games are going to be much better. I think Florida State would have gotten mushroom stamped by Michigan in the first round of the playoff. I do think Florida State has every right to go up in arms about it, though. I think this is more the committee admitting how much they feel about the SEC compared to the ACC, right? Because, like, I agree with Carter to an extent that this Florida State football team obviously is not the same without their quarterback. They're not a a great football team, and and they would be a double-digit, you know, underdog to anybody else in the playoffs, including Alabama. But they won the ACC championship game last night with that backup quarterback against a team that was top 15 all year long in Louisville. That, you know, not a great team, but that's the second best team in that conference. And they beat them without their backup quarterback. And so anybody that was on the schedule, they beat and they beat them even with with that backup there. And so I I agree that they got the four best teams. I just man. I, as a dude that like believes that the regular season is that like what makes college football cool is that each week matters that like, you can't just blow one in October and then cry wolf at the end of the season, Alabama lost at home by 10, right. To a team that's also in the playoff and this other team didn't lose. And it's just hard for me to wrap my head around like that happening to a Florida state. Like we're not talking about, Cincinnati or, you know, Boise State or UTSA or, you know, we're talking about maybe this is the 90s baby in me, but we're talking about Florida State. You know what I mean? Like they about that kind of helmet. I think it just shows why the SEC is king, why ESPN is king and why Florida State is banging on every single freaking table to get out of that conference because of stuff like this. This does not happen to a 13 and 0. If Georgia's best player gets hurt and they're 13 and 0, this doesn't happen right. to Georgia, right? We're, we're like, right. look at their stop rate. They can win 10 to 7. Like they're a j- defensive juggernaut. Well, Florida State's second in stop rate behind right. Michigan. Like they can win games 10 to 7. They did so basically last night in, in a conference championship game, but we're not going to give them the chance because we do not see the ACC on the same level as the SEC. Maybe we shouldn't, but yeah. they're just saying the quiet part out loud. And was it, I think we've forgotten two weeks ago, Alabama needed a fourth and 31 Hail Mary attempt to beat an Auburn team. That sucks. Wasn't good. Lost to New Mexico state. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I I think this idea that Bama was a, was always deserving. It definitely it warrants some crit- criticism. Uh, by the way, I just saw some a couple videos of Michigan's reaction to getting Bama instead of Florida State, and uh, the room is, there's an audible gasp in the room, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, that's gonna be yeah. that's gonna be a ball game, guys. Yes, yes. That, so if you're, yeah, if you're Michigan, you thought you maybe had a free stroll to the national title game, and all of a sudden. Oh, you mean we could have something like last year again? So, but isn't that what's in, 
Isn't that what's exciting, though? Is that no? I'm, I'm very, I'm very pumped. Don't get me wrong. I yes. am very excited for this game. But seeing the Michigan reaction is exactly why uh, people were terrified of Bama getting in this thing because they were like, "Oh yeah, no, Florida State was an easy win," and all of a sudden they're getting a team playing its best ball right now. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, I would trust. I would have made yeah. the same decision if I was in the committee room. Yes, I just yes. I would have lost sleep over it, and I would have felt like I had betrayed every opinion I had ever had about what the regular <laughs> season meant. You know, like I think the two things right. can be true at one time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, wrapping up this, you know, obviously great for Texas becomes a second program from Texas after TCU last year, which is crazy. Back to back years where Texas gets in the playoff uh, after two years before all the conferences go to black and all that stuff. So, um, brought the good. I brought the good juice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So Kirby's going to get to make two, at least two semifinal trips. We'll see about the final. But yeah, that Washington-Texas game is going to be very fascinating. I, there, I hope it's pointsy because we'll see. Texas defense definitely has the edge over Washington's defense. But regardless, two very prolific offenses. Uh, two very, I mean, honestly, consider even considering Lincoln Riley, two of the best offensive minds in the college football right now, Kalen DeBoer and Steve Sarkeesian, like yeah. that's going to be an incredible chess match that they're going to get to scheme against each other for the next few couple weeks. Revenge uh, tour. Revenge tour continues as well. Uh, my column, my column came oh. to fruition. Yeah. Um, they beat the four regular season teams that beat them last year. Uh, the fifth loss was Washington and, and the things yeah. fell right to where they get that rematch. And so, uh, yeah, kind of that that storyline narrative continues for the Longhorns into the Sugar Bowl. And they yes. kind of get home field advantage as well. Like Washington was hoping to get first so they could be in the Rose Bowl. Rose right Bowl, there, yeah. Um, they're going all the way to New Orleans. That's going to be a, a Texas party. Obviously, last time oh, Longhorns yeah. were there, uh, Bevo attacked Uga and BJ Foster almost killed a guy and the Longhorns won a game. That is very true. Um, all right, so yeah, a little bit on the Big 12 title game. I mean, it wasn't much of a game, but um, I think that's kind of what made this impressive, right? We should mention that Texas not only got in, they got in at number three. They jumped, you know, the four spot, and they didn't sneak in. They It was a dominant, dominant effort, wall to wall. Like, I think from, I mean, honestly, maybe Texas's best, outside of the Bama win, I would say Texas's best top to bottom performance. You know, no, there was no second half drop off there was no you know moment where i mean there kind of was when when you do that pick but like they never let them really that be anything right result in anything um ollie gordon was held very much in check quinn ewers was was the mvp like i thought this was the type of performance that texas needed to kind of stamp themselves as a playoff team because you watch this game and you're like oh no there are not four better teams like there just aren't right there may be one there may be two there may be three but there's not four and this team should have been in. And I think that the committee said that there's not four better teams or maybe there may be two or there, there are, there are three better teams. The, and so they moved them up to three. So yeah, I don't know. Quick thoughts on this one, just cause you know, what you take, what you think. I would have loved to have a blood pressure monitor reading on Ollie Gordon throughout that game because he <laughs> pregame was hyped up yelling oh, at yeah. Texas Yep. which totally understand big game, man. Uh, and then I think, was it 13 minutes in the game? He was slamming his helmet down on the, on the sideline. He yeah. was freaking out. Uh, Oklahoma state. They were saying in the opening drive, they needed Alan Bowman to be great to have a shot in that game. And Alan Bowman just was not great. Unfortunately. Was, yeah. 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 So Texas, I think flexed in that game. 
I don't know if that's what rocketed them up in the college football playoff as much as what else happened around them. Because I think Oklahoma State was the worst team among those Power Five conference championship matchups. So I think it was what all happened around them. But nevertheless, what a great job by Texas to to flex in that game and not have any let off. I think it kept them from being fourth. I think the beatdown of Texas Tech and then the beatdown of Oklahoma State kept them in front of Alabama despite Alabama beating Georgia. And yeah. uh, I don't know if the, – the bigger debate here is if Michigan or Washington was the better matchup for Texas. I could do a whole 20 minutes on how they match up better with Michigan and Alabama than they do Washington. Like Washington's receivers against Texas's safeties I think are the – toughest matchup Texas could have seen in, in the playoff, which is crazy because Texas is now beating people the way Michigan and Alabama do by just like snuffing you out. And that's exactly what they did to Oklahoma state yesterday. Like if your plan is to run up the middle against Tavondre sweat and Byron Murphy, like that ain't it guys. Like it's not, it's not going to be the thing that works. And that was Oklahoma state's recipe for winning. And they very on the first drive, they admitted defeat. I don't know if y'all are the, the three and out where they, they passed, pass, pass. Like they didn't give Ollie the ball at all. Cause they, I mean, they knew. And so uh, if you can't block Texas, you're going to have a, a tough time. I think what scares me about Washington is they may be able to pass around Texas. It's going to be, that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a really exciting game. Like the, the Rose bowl is going to be a bloodbath. The sugar yeah. bowl is going to be like a, an aerial warfare, like modern <laughs> football thing. Like the scripts are going to be like big time. And something yes. to watch too in this is Derek Williams, Texas's freshman corner safety, is out for that first half with a targeting mm-hmm. call that happened. That's so stupid, by the way. Like it should be yeah. the first half of the first regular season game the next year or something. Like it, right. it is dumb that we don't consider the playoff to be a completely separate entity than like the regular season. I totally agree. Right. And Texas is secondary already paper thin. You lose another playmaker who stepped up late in the season. The te- Washington's wide receivers should terrify Texas fans. Yeah. It's going to be the best unit they've seen all year um, on that side of the ball. So, all right. So, yeah, Texas, I mean, they're in, and this is what they wanted. They wanted a shot. This was the year to do it, so we'll see. Let me let me make one more point about the Big 12 Championship, not about the game, but Brett Yormark, credit to him for standing up on that podium and giving, eating it. Just yeah, he loved it. Booze. Oh, he was he was he was Vincent dude, Manning at a little. He bit. was smiling when he came out, like out, you know, once the cameras were off. Like, dude, like yeah. it, like he wanted it to he knows what the WWE is. Like getting oh, yeah. heat, getting heat is like the best feeling in the world. Like it was yep. like that, that was perfect. Like that's how it that was great. That was excellent. the check the check still clears, man. The check still check clears. The, so does the playoff one too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I, I put a tweet out about it, but George Klyovkov uh from the Pac 12. He presented the trophy with his back turned to the camera and immediately ducked in behind some massive offensive linemen, <laughs> not showing his face whatsoever. The, the, big, the Big Ten commissioner wasn't wasn't much different. He after all the Michigan yeah. thing, he was very much like, "Get me off this stage." And yeah, Brett like, Yormark could have done that, and he didn't. So credit to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, like Yormark is a uh, he is a carnival barker in a lot of ways, right? But he's yeah. like honest about it. Like, in, you know, he's you know, and and. Um, I, I, I was great, man. Like we were standing there trying to like, listen to what he was saying on the field. Cause like, we weren't listening on TV. We were like watching, you know, and like, we couldn't yeah. understand what he was saying at all. Cause he was just getting like, just, I mean, it was, I've been to wrestling events. Ish and I've yeah. been to WrestleMania together at that stadium. 
I have like that was that was heat beyond anything I've ever seen. That's like Bam Bam Bigelow heat. Like that was that was awesome. (laughs) All righty. Quick on the AAC championship. Of course, we'll wait to see SMU's fate. Unfortunately, this is one I'm less optimistic about, Um, even though they regardless. I think this is an incredible win for them. Obviously, the program's first conference title since the 80s. Kevin Jennings, I mean, again, started off shaky, right? Had two picks in the first half. Um, but I think this was this was like the the summation of Rhett Lashley's remaking of this team. It didn't matter. Those two picks did not matter because they held this two-lane offense in check. Michael Pratt was frustrated. The run game was just not there. 31 yards on 26 carries. Like it, it this was a clinic by a defense that knew they had to help out their freshman, their redshirt freshman quarterback. And they got it done. And I think a lot of people across the country didn't realize how good this SMU defense was. Like, I feel like a lot of people did not realize, oh, this is one of the best units in the country. And they saw that because, again, it could have been easy to – I think it was two picks in the first quarter, actually, for Jennings. His like first two, play two. was a strip sack fumble right, that right. put two in on the one-yard line. Right. And so, like, it could have been just a disaster, and it wasn't. And, I mean, SMU now, again, I think – Unfortunately, I think Liberty is probably going to be the one. We'll see. Obviously, the selection show is going on now. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. But okay. Dumb question: Is it yep. the same committee that picks in the New Year's Six Bowl as the college football playoff? It's whatever's top ranked there gets it automatically. Yeah. So yes, the ranking, the rank they put they put out the ranking. So yes, okay. and so they do have that decision to make, saying do we want to rank SMU, and then if they do, because that's the other dumb thing, SMU hasn't been ranked, and so they need they need to then also need to jump. Uh, unbeaten liberty so the college football playoff committee just put alabama in over florida state based off the eye test smu is the most complete group of five team in the nation yes and they walked into enemy territory in tulane with a backup quarterback and punked them it was not close it it yeah it like, really, what the scoreboard was not as uh, the game was not as close as the scoreboard in the game. no as tulane yeah. struggled for those 14 points you're not wrong, Carter, but you're assuming that this committee knows what G5 football is. And the, the they fact don't. that SMU has not been ranked all year. I get it. They lost Oklahoma. They lost TCU. They've been drubbing fools in the AAC, right? The fact that this team has been on the outside looking in shows me that they just haven't been paying attention to SMU. They have, they have no clue. They have no clue yeah. what's happening. You know, I always talk about how recruiting, you could only you should only care about four stars and five stars because like the services aren't really parsing through what a three-star high level three star low level three star like they're just not doing it so don't trust anything beyond the top 25 classes it's the same thing with the top 10 with the committee like they they figure out the top six maybe the top 10 in a year like this and then they just like look at the ap poll and throw the rest of it together and the ap poll voters aren't much better and the coaches are the worst the most confusing result of this football season is the iron skillet with tcu and smu and tcu winning 34 17 because ever since that game TCU plummeted and SMU has been a juggernaut. Yeah, no, seriously, that's a very that's one that I'm looking back on. It's like, man, I have no, I I don't know, like genuinely don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, SMU. Regardless, I, I hope they get a shot at the New Year's Six. We'll see. Regardless, incredible season, incredible way to go into the AC or ACC, excuse me, and. Yeah, yeah, that's um, going to kill me. That's going to kill me every time. Like the AAC and the ACC and needing to have teams in both. Like it absolutely. Kills. I was about to say, as soon as they went to the ACC, you're like, damn it. Like, come on. <laughs> I messed it up in the like original article, like uh, announcing oh. it, you know, like it's just, yeah. it's just, oh. 
All righty, let's wrap up with our quick thoughts on Houston's new hire, which is official now, uh, came official earlier this morning. News broke during the AAC title game. Willie Fritz from Tulane, uh, formerly of Sam Houston. Uh, Casey Keeler took over for him when he took the Georgia Southern job, I believe, initially. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? I, obviously, this has been a winding, winding road uh, for Houston. Seemingly, they had like about five, three to five names. About three kind of became emerged as the, the the true candidates and it kind of narrowed down to Willie Fritz. So Craven, what was kind of how did it come down to Willie Fritz and what is your overall thoughts on hiring the, the Manson team? I think it goes back to what we've talked about so many times on this show. It's the uh, girlfriend boyfriend theory of coaching changes. They wanted the opposite of Dana Holgerson, and that is a mature, level-headed, workmanlike, blue-collar, no frills, just straight to the point ball coach. And that's yeah. exactly what really Fritz is. Like he's not going to be partying. He's not going to be hanging out. You know, like he, he is football twenty-four hours, seven days a week. Uh, he's older, so this seems like it will be his last stop, right? And I think Houston enjoyed the idea of not getting somebody who maybe parlays two or three successful years into a bigger job and then they're back in this race like maybe you know willie can lay a foundation and, and ride this thing out and just kind of keep it insular um so I, I think it was a good choice right like jeff trailer was also out there that that's going to be the one uh people talk about but willie fritz has won a conference championship at all four stops that he's ever had he made sam houston yeah. kind of laid that foundation of what sam houston later became and casey keeler still benefiting uh, for a lot of the battles that Willie Fritz was able to win there at Sam Houston. So uh, one of the really good just football coaches in the country, and, and Houston has one of those now, and that's, that's going to serve well. And a Big 12, that is a bunch of ball coaches, right? Like you're not mm -hmm. going to have the best recruiting classes and the most talent, but it is a conference where you will get chalked to death. Uh, Houston will no longer be in that situation, especially on defense. I think it's a really good hire. I think depending on how – he does at Houston and where Jeff Trailer goes on from here, it will be a sliding doors moment that we look back on for better or worse <laughs> as to what they could have had and what they chose. I didn't even realize that Willie Fritz coached at Sam Houston. So already mm -hmm. having those Texas ties, I think. Is you were probably cool. 10. What was that? <laughs> you were probably 10. Yeah. So I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know about that. So him having Texas ties, I think is very good. I, I think Houston is a program that I, I really like the idea of Willie Fritz. This is his last run. This is his last stop where he's not going to leapfrog into, he's not going to climb the ladder, so yeah. to speak. And I think if Houston just has a coach that stays there for five, six, seven years, they can get something cooking and get something really done there instead of how it's been, where it's been Tom Herman, let me get them to this point and then bounce. Dana, I know, was there for five years. It, it didn't work out. There's a lot of other stuff going on around the scenes. Now they're set, situated in the Big 12. I think they can do make some noise in that conference. For what it's worth, I think Dana was going to be that as well if he worked out. I don't think he was going to parlay Houston to a better job. right? Mm. Or at least I don't think he intended to parlay Houston to a better job. He I, liked I, the, the situation there. Uh, I think he liked the city. So I think that he was younger, but like, I don't, I didn't see him one. He's also like a prickly personality. So like, it's not like he was going to be on anybody's the top of anybody's list. So I think they were hoping that leaving a power five program to go to Houston and build them up was like enough to say that he wanted to be there and he was going to be there if it worked out. Yeah, and then they realize that the the fun partner is sometimes not the most consistent and best long-term partner, right? And, yeah. and I think Willie is the opposite of that. Like, Willie's going to stay home with you, just like watch TV on Friday night. You know? <laughs> right, and, exactly. And Houston's ready for, for that kind of dancing partner.
Right, exactly. So the other thing I'm curious about is, you know, he is kind of a, at least at Tulane, Tulane's a different scenario. Um, it was a slow build, right? Though They were patient with him. Uh, he knew kind of how to work with less and built them up into having more and having their facilities now. Um, you know, he kind of helped them realize New Orleans is a great hotbed for, for players and for development. So I'm curious how the... I'm curious about the timeline they give him because it wasn't an overnight turn for Tulane, right? It was an investment from Tulane to him. I believe he was four wins, five wins, seven wins, seven wins, six wins, two wins, 12 wins, 11. So like, it was again, it was a bill. Uh, teams like George Southern were, they were a little more established, nine wins, eight wins immediately. Sam Houston, a little bit of a build, six wins, and then immediately they make a national title game in the So He's shown kind of different levels of his build. I think Houston's kind of in the middle somewhere where he's not going to come in and win 10 games, but I think they should definitely take him in the bowl. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they come out winning 7-8 next year. Just because of the, I also like that offense. I think that offense can translate as well. So, all right. Um, I think that'll do it for us. By the way, I think Michael Pratt has one more year of eligibility, so we'll kind of see exactly if, they, if he decides to make a little trip to the Power Five and follow his head coach. <laughs> the announcer kept saying it was his last game in Yulman Stadium. I mean, that's that well, could be true. <laughs> well, he had he he had basically already announced or said and it uh, had leaked that he was going to go explore, like get into the portal and go get P five. Right. Uh, you know, offer, you know, like go, yeah. go see what he's going to do. So I, I do think it was going to be his last game at Tulane uh, regardless, but yeah. it may end up being not his last game with Willie Fritz. I don't know. We talk about this like every off season. I talked about last yeah. off season too. I have no idea what quarterback market searches are. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I know what the money's being floated out, but like, I don't know if Willie Fritz thinks Michael Pratt's like the best quarterback he could get, or if Michael right. Pratt's too good to go to Houston with Willie Fritz. Like, I, I have no idea what Michael Pratt's like upside is. Like, I, Honestly, I think that's the most confusing thing about the portal. Right. Honestly, I kind of like Donovan Smith and the idea of a Willie Fritz offense anyway. Like, I don't I don't know. Personally, I, I don't think he fit the Dana offense. I think he does fit what Willie Fritz likes to do. So we'll see if he likes him there. But regardless, yeah, we'll see more of this quarterback frenzy going on. Uh, the old Tulane offensive line coach is already at Houston, so some of the staff is, is going to oh, be. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They hired or I can't. I I'm going to butcher his name if I say. It, but uh, he was hired away from Tulane uh, last going in the off season. So uh, I bet they keep some of that staff. Archie McDaniel, maybe Brian Early. Uh, they yeah. maybe keep around. Um, it'll be that. I always I'm always fascinated with uh, staff stuff when a coach yeah. takes over, but. Uh, he'll have his introductory press conference Monday at 1130. Uh, I'm planning on driving out there. So uh, we'll have more tomorrow from Houston. Nice. And uh, by the way, Craven will continue to update the UTEP search as well. Uh, please keep it tuned to techsfootball.com for all the updates on that. That one seems to be winding down. Some interesting names popping up there. Please check out his piece if you're uh, if you can. Uh, techsfootball.com because, again, it will be all over that. That should be winding down I hope soonish. I hope it's Monday, Monday. bro. I said, I hope it's Monday. I'm tired. Okay. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Soon-ish, hopefully. Um, And that'll be the last head coaching search, theoretically, that we'll have in the States. So, all righty. We'll try to get this up as soon as we can. And, uh, yeah, Texas is in the playoff. We'll wait to hear a word on SMU, and we'll we'll wait to hear a word on the rest of the the bowl slate kind of unfolding. So, all righty. That'll do it for us. Um, Mike Elko, give us a call. Hopefully we can get you on sometime this year.